Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360. On March 13th, 2020, Friday the 13th, live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host. Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the CEO and president of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman, and of course with us because of our great partnership with SouthBayByJackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you today? I'm I'm uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm, I'm hanging in there. A uh, lot of lot of information being put out there at this point. Uh, just trying to keep up yeah. with it all. Yeah. Um, good morning, and I'm still going to say Happy Friday, because okay. Happy Friday. We're here. Yeah. I'm still happy. Yeah. There's a lot going on in the world, but. Um, you know what? We're still breathing, we're still moving, and we're still right. blinking our eyes. So um, I'm right. not going to deviate from my happy Friday. It's not probably quite as um, enthusiastic or with my opera voice, as Jackie would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but you know what? We also have to not be remiss, but also look at the positive and be thankful for what we do have. So there you go. Right. Very good. So here we are. I know. What a week. Uh, it 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 is historic. It is uh, it is uh, obviously a very uh, um, trying week for a lot of people uh, who are are trying to deal with uh, their health issues, and uh, it's just um, something that we as a as a community can draw together. And uh, we can we can uh, help each other and get information out there. That's what Jackie and I have been doing for eight years, and we're 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 ready and uh, able to, you know, become a, a, a service and a, a source for the entire community. And we just thank you, uh, Kelly, uh, and and the whole board of the Manhattan Beach Chamber for sponsoring this uh, show. For years, uh, you guys really have been very faithful, and I, I think we can help a lot of your members, hopefully get information out to the members and give them a voice 
in how they need help. Um, I agree. And I, I, what is so important in um, these times and any time that there's important you know, or crucial information is that the dissemination of that information is carefully um, planned and it's not knee-jerk and it's accurate. And I think um, you know, it's human nature for everybody to want to know and to want to know now. And I think particularly in the digital age, um, we have all been kind of inadvertently trained um, to, to get it now, right? And yeah, so I yeah. um and what's so um so important is that no one, you know, jump to um conclusions that they don't have factual you know, information on. And if they do have conclusions that they have factual information on, it might not be their place to announce it. And, you know, I I say to people, stay in your lane um, and do what you're best at, you know, in your own respective roles because, um, gosh, you know, and it is, it's a crazy time. And is there any rule book on how to, you know, behave? You know, not really. <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. where it's 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 human decency and nature, and um, it's also human nature, you know, to have fear and to have panic and uh, and and all of that. And everybody, you know, processes um, information differently. Everybody um, has different standards within their personal standards, their family, their business, or whatever, and how they are going to conduct themselves. And boy, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. You know, I've seen the gamut over the last, uh, week, particularly the last few days. And, um, you know, I, it's funny, I was listening to, um, I, and I do every week, by the way, <laughs> but listening to your, the introduction and the words in your introduction about the Chamber of mm. Commerce. And, you know, I always say we are here, we are, you know, I feel like, you know, in Manhattan Beach, we are the only entity that brings all the groups together, kind of, in one room and, and with information. And, you know, we pull everybody um, together, but we do, as your introduction says, provide tools and resources, you know, particularly to the business community um, and obviously others. And that's what we have been trying to do. And it's so funny. Um, well, it's not funny, but it, it was interesting yesterday particularly was like press release Thursday. And, you know, I'm sure you got them. There was so many press releases from so many different organizations and entities, um, all valid and all pertaining, you know, to their business. And um, I was uh, trying like the Dickens to get our newsletter done on Wednesday and yesterday, and I have been in conversations and phone calls and conference calls and emergency meetings, you know, literally for the last three days it's it's been insane and at the end of the day i found him like you know what this is a blessing i think that i didn't you know disseminate uh quite yet the information from the chamber of commerce that will be going out this morning um there were so many press releases just you know rapid mm-hmm. fire coming out and it, you know it, it's not the battle of the press releases at all it was everybody getting their information out you know but right, wow right. was was it like you know ping pong you you know that you know going everywhere and um and you know the information is and people you know we know it i think is we're more at the fingertip and the pulse of information but i don't understand i don't know that the the general public um fully understands that the information the the proper information you know is changing like in the last couple of days by the hour and so sometimes people um 
aren't rushing to get information out because they know it's going to change in an hour or there's going to be right. more to it in, in another couple hours, you know. Um, and people are really wordsmithing a lot of that, um, those messages. And, you know, well, why didn't we, they say this? And why didn't we hear that? And if you, were, if you have to realize there's laws, there's privacy acts, there's a lot of things out there um, that affect, you know, the way somebody uh, is disseminating information and also the timing of it. And, um, you know, yeah, right or wrong, I'm not here to judge, you know, but it is, um, I'm trying to, you know, stay in my lane, the business lane, and really talk about um, and provide the resources, but talk about the business climate too, because, uh, and I said this a week ago, this is crazy. I mean, it was um, a week ago Thursday that I was having conversations with the hospitality community, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were already seeing 25% drops. Um, they weren't getting yeah. the bookings that they normally get. That was a week ago. I have, you know, the information that I've received in the last couple of days is just staggering. So, um, and, you know, every, just about every, type of business is being affected except for health you know um Mm. you know uh we had a a, we have a new client actually uh Lindbergh Nutrition just joined a couple weeks ago and they had booked a meeting with us a couple weeks ago and uh it was yesterday and they kept it even though it was pouring rain too and all this you know craziness going on their business is soaring right now because people are literally walking into them going what can I do what can I take how do I prevent this, you know, and uh, so they're talking obviously about immunity boosting and all that, you know, but, um, the, you know, obviously the majority um, of businesses, um, and I can, I can speak from Manhattan Beach, you know, and a little bit, and our surrounding areas that we have members in um, are taking a massive hit, and this is already massively and in a devastating fashion affecting business, and um you know, when we all get through this and uh, we feel better, hopefully, and everybody's well, uh, and life, you know, hopefully resumes to normal, whatever that new normal is going to be, um, um, we need to try and do everything we can to keep these businesses afloat and and not, you know, um, be forced to close because uh, it's already – and, you know, small businesses operate on a very small margin and – uh, they can't afford to have a devastating month, you know. And we're talking mm-hmm. more than kind of a rainy month, you know, because we've all had earthquakes, we've all had fires, we've all had, we've had you know rainy, you know, monsoon years and stuff. This is um, on a whole another level. So, you know, that's what we're looking at. But um, the information, you know, it's, there's so much out there. And yesterday I was involved in a tri-city meeting. Um, the Beach Seeds Health District pulled together and in an effort to get, you know, the three cities together and the leaders in those cities and talk about, you know, how we're disseminating information, um, some of the big decisions that the cities um, and um, big organizations like the school district and what have you have to make. And, um, you know, do we want to have one message? Do we want each of our cities to, you know, send their messaging and, you know, that meeting was at 7.30 yesterday morning. And uh, look at the difference just today, you know, because at yeah. 7.30 yesterday morning, none of the school districts in this area um, were going, you know, were making the statement that they were going to close yet. 
Um, and, uh, there, and there's several reasons why, because um, if, a, if a school district is not ordered, you know, to close um, by the Department of Education or the state or the public health department, um, then they potentially lose their funding. Now, you know, I don't want that to sound callous because you don't want to say, well, you know, our safety is first. Of course, of course, safety is first. And, of course, the school district is always having, you know, the safety of the students, the parents, the teachers, the staff, everybody is absolutely paramount. But there's all these triggers. And so there's also from a state level, there's what's called scenarios. And not levels, but like scenarios. And the scenarios, you know, one and two and three. And when one of them is triggered because of, you know, X, Y, and Z, then it, it, we have to do this level. You know, there's different things like that. So we were all briefed on all of that. And um, the one thing that, you know, the three districts all did say is, you know, we're going to close our district when we have a certain scenario and we will disseminate that information and just because we close doesn't mean our neighboring district will have to close now we're all so symbiotic that probably that will happen it'll be a domino effect you know um but um you know they all were had agreed that they were all going to treat each um city and district kind of separately but we're all communicating their information um mm-hmm. in, in a lot of cases before it actually goes out to the public so um everybody's kind of in step what what's what's happening but um you know i could i could i could literally go on forever and i i'm happy to answer you know any questions that i can but it's um there's so much strategic um important strategic planning behind any single move that we're making right now mhm mhm wow jackie do you have any questions no 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 i just uh I, I'm I'm in the same boat Kelly's in uh, press release Thursday. You know, it was interesting because um, my weekend guide goes out thir- first thing Thursday morning. I work all day Wednesday on it. And as Wednesday, I think I had about four cancellations of events. Yeah. Um, by Thursday morning, by not even 11 o'clock, uh, dozens more came in. Yeah. You know, I actually I, I actually sent out another – uh, a special edition weekend guide just saying, you know, this is all happening very quickly. Quickly, We'll try to keep you, you know, as up to date as possible. Obviously on my end, it's strictly, you know, special events, leisure activities. You know, I'm not, I'm not dealing with all the business stuff that Kelly is dealing with, but um, right. yeah, yesterday, yesterday was a turning point. Uh, yeah, and, um, yeah. and, and even this morning, uh, you know, I've been up since five thirty, yeah. going <laughs> through the emails and it's from, you know, as cities, chambers, the health district, uh, various organizations, uh, one of which we're going to be talking about today. Uh, so, so it's I, it's very fast moving. Yeah, yeah. And I I do want to add a couple more things, just general statements, because probably a mm-hmm. lot a lot of people aren't aware of this. But you know, the directive right now from the state is, you know, any because we're talking about events. Um, you know, any event that is um, planned for over 250 people. Um, should be canceled, absolutely. Any event that um, of any size that um, the demographic for the event is predominantly 60 years and older um, should be canceled. Uh, any event that is not necessary should be canceled um, in precaution. And, um, you know, those thresholds, um, the 250, uh, it, you know, 
it seems very high, and it is, and it will come. It will come down. But I think everybody wants to do the right thing. Um, it's an individual choice on smaller events right now. How people are handling them. Um, you know, I went to the 10th anniversary of Page's Bookstore last night, and they've had mm. this plan forever, 10 years. They had you know authors, they had their customers. They, it was a wonderful celebration. And yesterday morning, um, you know, the lender, uh, the lender, the the <laughs> the owner, Linda uh, McLaughlin Feigl, you know, and I, we had a long conversation um, at about 9:30, 10 o'clock a.m. It was so much information, mm. and she's like, Kelly, what do I do? Do I do I continue on tonight, you know, as planned, or do I cancel? And I've been I've been asked that question a hundred times in the last 48 yeah. hours, you know, and. And we talked through some of the elements, you know, and and I said, you know, Linda, I think you should continue on at this point because it's not a massive gathering, it's a smaller gathering. I said, but tell your guests, it was a private event, by the way, tell your guests mm-hmm. what you're go- doing and what precautions and what steps you're taking from check-in to hand sanitizer to your store to the food or the drink you'll be serving, how it's going to be, you know, served. In the pe- tell them what you're doing. Educate people, you know. From an email this afternoon to the minute they walk in, because when people know, they can make a choice and then they can be a part of it. You know, it's funny. I walk in last night, um, later, you know, mid-event kind of, and um, three people come up to me and give me a hug. And which is mm-hmm. another thing right now that people are like, do you hug? Do you not hug? Do you fist bump? Do you elbow bump? Do you foot bump? Do you hip bump? Do you, you know, for, <laughs> you know forehead bump? What, you know, I mean, yeah. and it's becoming, because we're all human. We all want to feel normal, and we all want to have a sense of place, and we all want to. Last night, it was an amazing, lovely, warm, very community-esque communica- um, uh, event at Pages, you know. Would that, would that happen even tonight or tomorrow with the way things are changing who knows you know but it's an individual situation for everybody and and what i'm telling businesses is communicate whether it's business as is your your store is staying open or your restaurant whatever your tell your your constituents what you're doing you know best practices that you're employing already and will continue and just keep communicating with people so you know we all want to feel human and we all want to be respectful and the one last thing i'll say and then we'll get into the program um is um overriding messaging coming out of this regional meeting with you know public health officials and everybody yesterday was it is our responsibility, it's every single person's responsibility, not just mine as a community leader, you know, or somebody else's, but everybody's responsibility to do whatever we can to um, curb this and, and stop the rapid spread of it and be responsible people. And it's going to um, be kind of a bitter pill. It's going to hurt, whether it's socially, whether it's your kids are now home from school and it's an inconvenience or an economic impact, whether it's a business, whatever level you fit into there. We all need to go super wide, super hard, super deep, super uh, honestly drastic in what we do, and it's going to hurt, and it's going to be, you know, painful um, in many ways and many changes, but the faster and harder we all do that and the more the broad scope, hopefully it will curb the spread of it, and, and we'll be able to start what we're calling the recovery phase 
not just um, health-wise and personally, but economically, quicker. And that's what we're starting to um, uh, just have conversations about. Like, you stop, you know, everybody go hard now. Let's let's do whatever we can to minimize this and start talking about ways economically to recover. And we have we've only said that we haven't haven't even had the time right. to start that process yet. But the message right. is go hard now and take the pain kind of of it, and it's going to hopefully shorten the period. So. Um, now, Kelly, I do yeah. have a question for you. Yeah. You, you're aware of what's going on in Italy? Yes. Um, the government of Italy has mandated that all businesses that are based on the collection of people are no longer allowed to operate. Mm-hmm. What, is that being discussed at that public health level? Not yet. Um, and you know, I, not yet. And, um, I think there are businesses of all sizes, small and mega, you know, size businesses, um, Mm -hmm. that are, um, having internal conversations. I know I had my first phone call, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, um, somebody canceling, um, for kind of a meeting lunch that we have today for something, a small, it's a small kind of business thing, um, because his company, um, it had started the social distancing, um, practice yes. and had mandated all yes. of their, and this is a large company, um, had mandated all their employees to, um, practice, you know, the social distancing, which by the way is six feet or more technically. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, at this point, um, you know, we even had, we had a, a conversation yesterday about, uh, you know, can the government tell a business, to, you know, to shut down? And um, that was a pretty, you know, uh, there was silence in the room <laughs> when that question was asked. You know, so not yet is is the world, and that's my answer, and I'm sticking to it, and you know, uh, it, it might change, but right now the answer is no. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, Jackie, who's our guest today? Okay. Our guest this morning is Julie McGinty. Um, Julie joined the board in 2016 following a three-year term as the Manhattan Beach Neighborhood Service Unit Manager for Girl Scouts. An active troop leader for both her daughters, she has taken on many volunteer roles in support of Girl Scouting in the community. Julie is principal of Justice McGinty Executive Search, a retained search consulting practices where she partners with nonprofit organizations or nonprofit organization clients to assist them in hiring senior leadership. Previously, Julie's professional experience includes stints in the public and private sectors, serving as vice president of Burkhammer Clayton Executive Search and in the administrations of California Governors Pete Wilson and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Julie is an active volunteer at American Martyrs Catholic Community with the Hearts for the Homeless Ministry. She is a former member of the board of the Ronald McDonald House of Los Angeles and Southern California Corporate Board for the Hugh Hugh O'Brien Youth Foundation. Now, uh, along with these other topics, uh, we're going to learn about the plans for the new Scout and Senior Center, um, which they're looking to raise. There, there was a fundraiser planned for Saturday, March 21st at the Joslin Center, but as we'll hear, um, that's been postponed. So we have a lot to talk about anyway. Uh, welcome to the Julie uh, program, Julie. We're so glad you could join us this morning. 
Thank you, Jackie. It's a pleasure to be with you. So we know um, there are a few things that we do know, Julie, and one of the things is that the 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 most at-risk population are those people with underlying medical conditions, largely respiratory uh, and uh, immunotherapy suppression issues, and then, of course, people over the age of 60 now. Uh, the age has dropped to 60. So um, what can you tell us about um, the preparation for seniors in the South Bay and, and how uh, we can all help? I would um, say that uh, to, to, to kind of pair what Kelly alluded to earlier in terms of staying in your lane, uh, that I'm not sure I'm a qualified uh, expert to talk about, you know, the particular um, the particular things that seniors should be doing. But I will say mm-hmm. this: um, as a parent of uh, children, you know, high school age youth uh, whose schools have been closed, that um, I think it's the obligation of all of us who are not medically fragile to, um, you know, practice social distancing and to be responsible members of our community. The most important thing that we can do is realize that this virus has a very long incubation period. I think there's many people who think that they don't need to change anything unless they feel sick. The fact of the matter is, is that it could be two weeks that you are carrying this virus and you are asymptomatic. Hmm. So if, if we all act proactively, right, just as Kelly was talking about early, earlier, if we all take responsibility to act decisively, to reduce our contacts, to minimize the travel and the, um, and the interactions with people that we do not need to have, then we will uh, support those in our um, communities that are aesthetically fragile. Um, And we will support our seniors to be sure that they're able to get the care that they need. You know, um, the fastest growing population in Manhattan Beach is 55 plus. Currently, 30% of the population of the city of Manhattan Beach is over 55. So we are an aging community and um, you know, we're also a community with some affluence. We have the ability um, to stay at home, um, and we should take advantage of that opportunity during this time of unprecedented challenge um, to uh, to all who are medically fragile. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll jump in and kind of help too with a little bit more that I've, you know, heard from officials this week is, you know, bar none, they have identified, you know, obviously the, the most at-risk populations are seniors, and they're even saying 60 and up, not 65, <laughs> so 60 and up, and, right. um, and obviously anybody with any type of compromised immune system of any, of any age and any compromisation uh, is at risk, um, and it, you know, it doesn't mean it's um, it's over or the end all. It means those, those people are more at risk. They've also said that um, predominantly children, um, the youth, um, are the least 
um, uh, they're, they're, they're becoming um, symptomatic, you know, or severely symptomatic the least amount of any of the age groups out there. Um, but they can be carriers of it, which, you know, e- it usually happens with any of us, by the way. But, um, the, you know, the children can be carriers and they can give it to the parent or the, or the grandparent or, who, or, or whomever. And, um, you know, we've also been told that, um, you know, a lot of us might have already been exposed. A lot of us might have already actually even had this in the last few weeks. But um, if if you're a relatively healthy person, you most likely aren't going to have severe um, complications or symptoms. And so you didn't even know it. You just felt crummy. Maybe you had a little bit of a cold. Maybe you had a slight little ache, you know, but it wasn't severe. Not everybody who um, is positive for COVID-19 um, gets that severe um, reaction. Uh, and we don't, you know, you don't know who will and who won't, but it's very clear that just um, there's a lot of people who have already <laughs> already been exposed possibly have already had it and they just kind of cruise through it um never even went to the doctor because you know we all every time we feel crummy we don't run to the doctor you know and right now uh-huh. um so we don't know and and uh there's going to be a lot of an and there, there will be continue to be a lot of unknown um you know on monday i was in a meeting with an epidemiologist from the county and and she said that on Monday they had already been working, you know, 12-hour days. Ten, she had, hadn't had a day off in 10 days. All, all staff, everybody, all hands on deck. And I, I can only imagine what that looks like today because it's changed dra- dramatically in the five days, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the, the county, they're working as hard and fast as they can. And at that point, they weren't even testing um, the majority of the population that were going to a doctor or whatever who weren't feeling well. Uh, they were only testing the severe cases or the high-risk groups because they didn't have enough tests, enough bandwidth to test them. And I, I know there's a lot of effort to change that make it um, mm-hmm. more widely available, and obviously, I'm sure they're trying to re- increase the resources on the testing and um, you know on, on the actual evaluation of the testing end. But um, you know, it, yes, you know that's why we all have to be responsible, and that's why you know at the end of this meeting yesterday morning with all these people in the room, serious conversation. <laughs> at the very end of it, the person sitting next to me, of all, sneezes. You know, and, oh, but she boy. sneezes yes. like into her, I mean, almost like into her stomach. Like she bent over as far as she could <laughs> to sneeze, you know. Mm-hmm. And and she looks up and everybody, it was like this pause, you know. And then everybody starts <sighs> laughing because it was so tense, you know. And and it was, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was actually funny because she... She's like, oh my god, and it's like, it's okay. You know, it's, we also want to laugh, right? We also want to feel good, and 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 you know, just because you sneeze doesn't mean you have COVID either, you know. But of course, mm-hmm. right. even mm-hmm. when you, even when this isn't going around, of course you should sneeze like not into your hand, into your, you know, into a you know, tissue or your elbow, whatever, you know. I mean, of elbow. course you're supposed to be washing your hands. Of course, you know, I mean, we should be cleaning. I mean, you know, so it's, um, you know, but people, you know, I always say, you know, don't panic just because someone's sneezing. You know. And by the way, don't take a big gasp of air after they sneezed and breathe in their air, you know. Just be smart yeah. about it. So uh, crazy, crazy, I think, crazy. I, I, think that, I think it's a human, natural human fallback position to find the humor in things, you know, 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the memes on Facebook about this uh, are, are hysterical. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just mm-hmm. so many of them, but that's, that's our natural. That's 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 our tendency, our reflex, is to is to find humor and stuff. But um, but I, Julie, I want to get back to the Scout Senior Center. It, what is the proper name? The Scout and Senior Center, it, the Senior Scout Center. Yeah, it's actually the Senior and Scout Community Center, and um, our effort, Jackie, is about taking this um, little Scout house that was built in um, Live Oak Park in 1952. Um, it's a 23 square foot, 100 square foot single story building kind of nestled in the back there um, between the baseball fields and Jocelyn Center right there on Valley Ardmore. And um, this building is kind of being held up by the termites holding hands. <laughs> a couple of years ago, we, uh, we hosted a Pinewood Derby. I don't know if you all are familiar with yes. that, but yes, it's a, very rich, you know, Cub Scouting tradition that actually was started in Manhattan Beach and now, of course, is all over the world. And uh, we were pinning some bunting up to the front of the existing building. And literally, you guys, it was like Swiss cheese. Like we couldn't even <laughs> yeah. get the push pins to stick in and hold the bunting, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a facility that's really, you know, um, beyond its useful life. And so about uh, five years ago, I joined a group of volunteers. It's an all-volunteer effort made up of uh, Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and representatives from our senior community. And uh, we started visioning an intergenerational facility, a place where we could build community where we could provide in opportunities for intergenerational exchange. We could create a space for more than one scouting troop at a time to, to be present and to be working on service or projects or badges or uh, whatnot. And um, here we are, um, Five years later, in, in terms of my own effort, uh, there were others who were came before me in this, um, and uh, we've raised $2.65 million as wow. part of a $3.5 million campaign to make this public-private partnership a reality in our community. And uh, it's very, very exciting. Um, the city of Manhattan Beach pledged a million dollars to the project. Um, Beach mm-hmm. City's Health District, just um, a, uh, their board just approved um, a $150,000 contribution to the project. We've also mm-hmm. um, had, you know, uh, like Supervisor Don Kanabi, before he left office, made a contribution. Supervisor Hahn has just contributed 15000 to the effort. So the, the public uh, sources, you know, in our community have really stepped up. And uh, many, many private um, uh, dollars have already been raised. Um, we, uh, we have several major businesses. Um, Continental Development came in very early on with a $100,000 contribution. 
and um, and there are many, many others. Um, there are, you know, Girl Scout troops uh, selling Girl Scout cookies. We just made it through that season. <laughs> right, um, right, so right. glad that, that that ended before all of this really hit hard. Um, but, you know, those Girl Scout troops come together and they make a decision about how they're going to portion of their proceeds on charity, you know, what they're going to do to give back to the community that supported their Girl Scout cookie sale. And many of them are choosing to, you know, buy a brick, say, in this in this uh, effort. You know, for $250, they can put the name of their troop on a brick and you know, someday those girls can come back and show their kids and their grandkids that they were part of something, that they created a legacy in this community. I I also was um, listening carefully, Kelly, to the intro, and um, I wrote down, we're about love, life, and leaving a legacy. And I was like, wow, that is a wonderful opener. <laughs> <laughs> for what this project is all about, right? Well, wait, wait, creating... wait. Which came first? Yeah. Joe, did you steal that from the Girl Scouts? I, I, no. I was inspired by the Girl Scouts, but inspired by, I've, I've heard that alliteration other times in other places. It's often, uh, you know, recounted in, in various art projects and so forth. Live, love, yeah. laugh, and leave a legacy. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. That's what it's all about, right? And that's what this is all about, Joe. It's about creating the physical space to allow that to happen, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's about creating the physical environment that is going to be the focal point of bringing people together um, for learning opportunities, a demonstration kitchen for people to be able to do cooking classes, um, opportunities to do service, right, to give back in our, to our community. So I, um, I'm excited to be here today and have the opportunity to talk about this project and very, very happy to answer any questions that you all have about it. I love well. the entire idea. I love the entire yeah. idea of the intergenerational. When I when I first saw the press release, it was a while ago. Uh, senior mm-hmm. and scout, you know, bringing that together. I love that. Uh, I don't think there's enough of that. You know, every everybody's mm-hmm. got. Yeah. You know, we're talking about that lane. Everybody's got their lane they're in. Uh, but it's nice to see the intersection of of those two. But uh, Julie, tell us about the that you had a, a benefit gala planned. Um, to, yes. to continue raising money, and so so tell us tell us the most recent news about that, please. Yes, of course. So thank you um, for that. Um, so I mentioned that this all volunteer board that has spearheading this effort is made up of the um, primary segments that will be able to use the facility, but I think it's also important to to know that when Seniors are not using this facility during the week, during the day, and scouts are not using it in the afternoon and evening hours during the week and on the weekends, that anybody will be able to use this community center. And so we really reached beyond the, um, the uh, primary users um, to involve everyone. And um, the seniors came up with the idea 
of doing an art auction and uh, sale. And so they were planning this big event. They collected all of this art that had been done by seniors in the community and some professional artists as well. They have tickets to the Angel Game. They have stays at Westriff and other places, all kinds of rest, local restaurants donated gift cards and local businesses um, providing gift certificates for their services. And they were really hoping to be able to open the arms um, to the community and invite them to the Jocelyn Center on March 21st for, you know, light bites, beer and wine, you know, an opportunity to socialize with one another and, um, you know, do both a live and um, silent auction to benefit mm-hmm. the facility. And uh, just doesn't feel like this is the right time um, to move forward with that, right? So, um, the our board uh, has decided that we will postpone, not cancel, uh, just postpone the uh, benefit gala, and uh, we ask anyone who's already to purchase tickets, um, you know, just uh, hold on. We will be back in touch with you, um, and certainly be happy to provide refunds to people, um, but also we're happy to just hold on to your money and know that we will be rescheduling this uh, benefit gala um, down the road. And, you know, as as Kelly's alluded to already, we're not exactly sure kind of um, when this will peak. It feels like we're not at the peak yet, right? And then we Mm -hmm. get into this so-called recovery period, right, which is usually another 30 days once we hit the peak. So I think mm-hmm. we're, it's a little bit premature for folks to be thinking yet about pinning another date, but uh, we will be doing that, you know, in a timely way. And then, of course, communicating um, broadly within the community and um, encouraging everyone who's already bought tickets to come and, and encouraging new people to purchase tickets and participate in the event. Um, All right. I want to jump in and share another thing that I heard <clears throat> yesterday is uh, to, and, and I'm going I'm to talk about two things. Talk about kind of the time period of you know, COVID and then what's happening in the event world too. So um, one thing that was mentioned by a health official yesterday is there tends to be a approximate three month almost like a bell curve kind of um, from start to finish mm. of um, when COVID is hitting a community or an area or for maybe a state or a country, okay? Um, and, you know, don't hold anybody to that 90 days, but there there tends to be kind of this 90-day period um, from – and at first they said from the peak, and I actually chimed in and said, okay – is it from the peak? And how do we know when it peaks? <laughs> is it, that means there's 90 days after that? Or is there, does it start before that? You know, um, The answer was honestly slightly gray. But basically, you know, there's 
um, approximate, again, approximate, if you look at other, some other countries and what's going on, um, there's kind of a 90-day period from really the heavy part of it, you know, the ramping up kind of the heavy part of it when we're peaking and then down towards the end. So do we know that we're going to be all clear by May or June? We don't. Um, there's no evidence that hot weather um, will eradicate it. Um, and by the way, if it's hot here, it's cold in other parts of the world. So the, and people are still globally moving around right so that was kind of an interesting a little bit of a somewhat of a 90-day period again that's fluid we don't know exactly but people are asking how long how big you know so that's just something to consider um it's not exact you know yet and then the other thing that's happening uh, in the event world and julie and i talked several times this week um as i did with many other people who are having yeah fundraisers because as you know jackie this is fundraiser season i call it right you know kind of mm-hmm. march april may june you know yeah. There's a ton of them. Um, And so everybody has been working very quickly on, you know, do we cancel, don't we? And, you know, that was earlier in the week, and now it's like, yes, we can, you know, cancel or postpone, but what do we do? Um, And what's going to happen is it's going to create um, a bottleneck, uh, particularly the larger um, events and fundraisers. Um, A lot of them are rescheduling for late August, September, and October. Um, notwithstanding all the other normal events that kind of have anniversary dates during those time periods, right? So it's creating this bottleneck of fundraisers. And um, I was on another call late last night, and I think that organization is actually going to forego um, their fundraiser in the in the fall and and make uh, adjustments within their own organization and um, their business model, uh, and then come back next year because. Then the other part of that conversation is if we delay our big fundraising event, um, you know, and gala, whatever, of any um, organization to, let's just say, September, October, um, do then we come back again in the spring next year when we normally would have it, which technically could be like six months later and have another one. Right. So, right. again, talking about economic impact, it's, it's very interesting when you look at all that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have to have those fundraisers. They absolutely, the organization you know, lives on them. Others don't. Some are going to be looking within, asking perhaps their constituents to, um, if they can, step up and donate more just privately, too. You know, so um, it's creating a whole other little microclimate. Yeah, that's so true, um, Kelly. And I would just say to you that we do have some urgency. I want listeners to understand that the city of Manhattan Beach, um, and I alluded to this earlier in terms of the the public-private partnership aspect of our project, um, the city of Manhattan Beach has uh, pledged $1 million to the Senior and Scout Community Center effort, um, and they are expecting that we have enough dollars in hand to provide to the city in addition to their million for them to be able to move forward with the public contracting process. And as you all know, that is a lengthy one, right? So um, they uh, are expecting by June of this year um, that we would have at least $3 million um, total in hand, which means we're about $335,000 short of what of that goal. Um, not, you know, sure, given this unprecedented time, whether or not the city would uh, adjust that or not. 
but I do want the listeners to understand the urgency of contributing to this project because we do have kind of a deadline, if you will. Um, we we um, need to complete the private sector fundraising for this project uh, by June um, so that the public contracting phase can begin and the city can build the core and shell of the building. Uh, we won't be completely finished with the fundraising because there's uh, going to be interior build out, right? That will need uh, to be financed as well. But you know that's down the road. Um, it'll, it's 12 to 18 month process for the city to get engaged in actually constructing the facility, and we want to get that underway. So um, you know, again, we understand it's an unprecedented time and a time of tremendous economic uncertainty. Um, but we we just ask people to please have faith. Have, have faith in our community, have faith in the underlying um, fundamentals of our economy. You know, before mm-hmm. this thing hit, we had uh, the longest continual expansion of the economy in this country um, in, you know, history, right? Uh, Ten mm-hmm. consecutive years of economic growth, the lowest unemployment in the history of the country, um, and over a sustainable period of time. There's a tremendous amount of wealth in our community, and we just ask people to, you know, uh, buy locally, right, help our local community uh, businesses recover from this period, um, but also give locally, right? Uh, recognize that there is wealth, and there is capacity in our community, and we just ask people to dig deep and to continue contributing to our community, Right. Because we will come out on the other side of this, and um, and we need to be investing in the future of our community by helping build a facility that will be the foundation of the kind of community connections that we all want. Mm-hmm. Julie, we're all about local. We're all about local on this show. Um, I love all it. about. And- We're all about the local. Um, And, you know, one thing I I, I mentioned to you, you, your board may have already started discussing it because your event event, originally started out as an art auction thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I just got word yesterday that um, Walk with Sally is canceling the Friendship Bowl, uh, which is this weekend, which is one of their big spring fundraiser. But they are doing a virtual event instead. Uh, they're going to be able okay. to auction stuff, auction stuff online. They're going to be on Facebook uh, and uh, Instagram TV, and they're going to have special guests, and they're going to be auctioning off items. So, um, and, you know, in this day and age, we're actually able to do that. You know, if you can't be together yeah. physically, you can be together virtually. And, you know, it's the same thing as, you know, the I know that they've canceled pretty much all the sports, but they could – the professionals could play their sports and we can watch it on TV or the computer. You know, I mean, it, yeah. it, it, the world, the world doesn't have to stop. These things can still happen. We can just do it virtually. Um, you so, are so you know, right about that, Jackie. Thank you for that. And we have been looking at an online platform to do the auction. Um, even if we don't have an event, it's a little bit challenging because it's, some of that technology is maybe not as accessible for seniors. So um, right. that's yes. what we're yeah. yeah that's what we're concerned about. You know, I, I have to just tell you one of the uh, most 
awesome interactions that you can witness um, going on even today in the Jocelyn Center is when the middle school and high school kids get together with our seniors and help them with their iPhones and their oh, yes. devices. <laughs> Yes, you know, yes. I mean, it's incredible. The, the, the students become teachers, right? And the um, mm-hmm. seniors are so grateful. They're like, how did you do that? And how did you do it so fast? You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know about the online option, you know, aspect as it relates to whether or not that would be as accessible to some of the seniors who really want to contribute. But um I definitely agree it's a possibility, Jackie, so thanks for raising it. Yeah, it's just I just thought I'd mention it because, as I said, another organization is doing it. So, um, yep. um, you know, I wanted – oh, gosh, there was something else I wanted to ask you about the Scout House. First off, it's a, the rendering is beautiful. Um, I've, seen, I've seen the rendering of it. And gosh, Thank it's you. Thank you. Gorgeous structure. Uh, lucky, lucky Scouts and Seniors. Um, when you said earlier – when it's not being used by scouts or seniors, um, that it is it is available to the to the community. Um, is it strictly Manhattan Beach community, or or do you allow you know your surrounding neighbors to, uh, like say a Girl Scout troop from Hawthorne or uh, Boy Scouts from uh, Hermosa? Oh yeah, absolutely. So for sure, in within the scouting world, the facility will be available to the broader South Bay community. We uh, have Boy Scout troops uh, now that meets primarily out of the uh, Rotary Kiwanis buildings in uh, in Valley Park um, in mm-hmm. Hermosa. Uh, there's another Boy Scouting troop that meets at American Martyrs, um, and this facility is going to be available to everyone. Um, there's very strong scouting programs in El Segundo and in Torrance and Redondo uh, and, of course, Hermosa. So all, all, all of those communities will have access to this facility. And many of those troops have already contributed to the project and are act- actively involved in reaching out um, to their families and the businesses that are connected to those families in support of the project. So so this, this is a regional thing. I was, I was going to ask you that. Are there other... Does any other local South Bay community have a, their own uh, scout facility, uh, or is this a? Yes. Is this? Wow. Yes, absolutely. In fact, um, the city of Torrance has just done a significant remodel of their historic scout house facility. It's in Delamo Park, and. Um, you know, it's it's been an interesting history that these facilities have had, Jackie, because, you know, back in the 50s, 40s and 50s, the communities uh, were not as formal in the way that they appropriated public land. And, of course, any of the uh, the rules that exist today around, you know, prevailing wage and, um the standards for construction for commercial facility and those kinds of things. All, all, these buildings were all built before any of that, right? right. So um, mm-hmm. there are lots of these scout houses and, and buildings um, built by um, uh, 
service clubs too, right? Kiwanis and Rotary and Seroptimus and Masons. I mean, you know, we have we have all these kinds of uh, facilities spread throughout our community, um, and uh, they provided uh, tremendous support for local um, action for. Uh, places for people to come together for learning, for service, for, um, you know, socializing too, right? And mm-hmm. um, and yet, you know, in the go forward, <laughs> they don't receive support um, from the city, right? Or if they're in a county uh, park, they don't receive support from counties. They don't get added to the depreciation schedule. They don't get re- the regular maintenance, right? Because they're not, quote unquote, a public facility. They weren't, you know, right. built with public dollars. But they do exist on public land, right? They're in a park, mm-hmm. and so and so um, that that's the crux of why this is not a city building and it's not the obligation of the city of Manhattan Beach taxpayers to rebuild this facility, right? It's because this it didn't it wasn't built by the city in the first place, right? And so yeah. that's that's unique, Jackie. Like the idea that we have the the capacity inside our Manhattan Beach community to um, to do this public-private partnership, that I think uh, I have not uh, witnessed anywhere else, right? Like that we have the leadership coming from within our community to really push this forward. This project was not at the top of the city of Manhattan Beach's, um, you know, building uh, plans, right? They have other priorities for their capital dollars, the rebuilding of the fire station, the, you know, expansion of this bridge over um, Sepulveda. There's all kinds of other capital projects that, you know, have been prioritized. Um, but I think our city council was also really smart, right? They said, okay, there's tremendous community support for us to build, rebuild this facility. These volunteers have already come up. At that point, it was about $1.5 million that we had raised. And they said, oh, my goodness, right? We want to make sure that this happens. We want to leverage these private dollars with uh, some public dollars to make sure that this happens. And that is what led them to do the, mil- the million-dollar pledge to the project. So um, I think they, you know, they responded to the community action of our volunteers and our Boy Scouting community and our seniors community that said, look, we, we need to um, create a larger, modern, environmentally friendly um, place for this intergenerational exchange to happen, for older adult programs to happen during the day, during the week, and for scouts and other organizations to use um, in the afternoon and weekend uh, times. So it's a it's a beautiful synergy of mixed uses, right? No, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Listen, we're we're running out of time here. Um I'm going to give you uh give out the uh website. It's www.thescouthouse.org. thescouthouse.org and I imagine Julie that once you get there you can go to the uh uh 
the 2020 Art Auction Gala to get more information on what you're doing, what your plans are, are going, where your plans are going. Scouthouse.org. Um, you don't have and to go to the And you can go there and gala. just make a donation, buy a brick, just go right? There. Exactly. Yep. Just yep. go and buy a brick, right? Go and buy a brick. Yep. So um, one go. other thing I I wanted to mention before we go, um, Joe and I are going to uh, do a special edition. It's it's not, I don't know that it's going to be the South Bay show, but uh, I think we're mm-hmm. going to do something Sunday evening, uh, maybe a Facebook live event where we're just going to put out the information that we received. Uh, and that's going to encompass the entire South Bay uh, information from uh, city governments, uh, chambers, uh, nonprofit orgs, businesses. You know, I'm getting stuff from like the, the uh, South Coast Botanic Garden is is they're taking all the necessary precautions, but they will continue to be. So, uh, you know, they may be canceling events, but the garden will be open. So information like that. So uh, we're just going to share a bunch of information. And uh, once we get the details figured out, we'll we'll put it out on social media and let everybody know. So, uh, Joe, let's wrap this up. Well, thank you for joining us today, ladies and gentlemen. What a vision for the future of the South Bay. There will be uh wonderful intergenerational uh activities available at the senior and scout center in manhattan beach and this is a wonderful uh way to be involved in the future of uh uh the south bay in general and and in manhattan beach in particular and that's what we have to look forward to the manhattan beach future and the the, the future here in the south bay where we all love to live but we need to also take care of each other, and uh, that's going to involve a lot of social distancing is the, the new watchword, watch phrase. Um, but uh, we will get through this. And uh, um, thank you for joining us, uh, Julie uh, McGinty. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was just a great pleasure talking with you. And, and I just want to say to Kelly, um, you know, what a partner you have been, Kelly, and Thank you so much for all the support that um, you have given to the project personally and, you know, brought the the chamber to the table in terms of helping us with our local community uh, connections. Thank you. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. And thank you, um, Julie, for taking the time to be on today and uh, being flexible with the conversation and allowing us to, you know, share current uh, climate information with everybody, too. Of course. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Kelly, for joining us today, and thank you, Jackie. Always a pleasure, Joe. Have a good weekend, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. Enjoy your Friday the 13th. Bye-bye. Friday the 13th. (laughs) Bye-bye.